Okay, open your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible with you, raise your hand, and, and uh, we have some over in the corner. Make sure you get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We'll get you one. So, and then if you do have a Bible, you know you can just open it up to the middle, and you're probably in Psalms. Okay, we're going to open up Psalm 119. That's where we're at this week. And we're in the passage of Psalm 119, which is the letter Shin, which all eight of these verses start with the same letter because it's an alphabet acrostic. And then we're almost to the end of the alphabet, you guys. We're almost done with our Psalm 119 series. Um, oh, you know what else? Gail, I didn't know if you want I, I didn't want to announce that you wrote a book you know without your permission but gail wrote a book so you can get it off amazon it's called the journey through the unexplained so i got a copy of it we were reading it last night we were reading the part about don't read this part like in the dark because it's too scary christine's like wait a minute i don't know if i want to read this okay anyway i i got my book in my office for you to sign for me so all right, anyway, so open your Bible, Psalm 119, verses 161 through 169 is where we're, or 168 is where we're going to be at this morning. But before we get into this week, let's just review what we learned last time. Okay, in Psalm 119, verses 153 through 155, last week, here's what we learned. You don't want to be a special case. Okay, you don't want to exempt yourself from our only source of deliverance. And somehow, you guys, it's weird, but we have the ability in our minds to, <clears throat> to, to just imagine that my situation is, is so rare. No one else could possibly relate to what I'm tempted with, to what I deal with. No one else could possibly understand what I've been through. And when you guys just talk about the Bible and you're like, look, just trust you, like, like that wouldn't, that can't apply to me because my situation is so unique. I know that works for you, but that'll never work for me. What I did, what happened to me, patience I have, the, the, how good I am, how bad I am. I'm so unique that, okay, listen, don't do that. Do not do that because what you do when you say, hey, that's good for you, but that won't work for me, you exempt yourself from the one solution that God has provided for the sins of the world. Acts 4.12 says, neither is there salvation in any other except for the Lord Jesus Christ. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I don't care who you are, what you did, where you've been through, where you're from. We must start our relationship with God with salvation through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. We're all trying to get to the same place. No matter, we're coming from different places. I get that. But we're all trying to get to the same place. And that's only through Christ. Don't exempt yourself. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you. Okay, you're not tempted with anything that 10 other people in this room aren't tempted with. Now, look. Praise the Lord that stays on the inside, but God doesn't display the things that tempt you in front of everybody. But listen, check this out, you guys. It's not a sin to be tempted. 
It's a sin to sin. There hath no temptation taken you, but such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also made a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I know that you're unique, that God made you, and I'm not saying you're not special. I'm saying don't make yourself a special case such that you're exempting yourself from the solution that God has given you. Don't do that. We tend to do that. And here's one of the points from last week. If the good Lord is not your good lawyer, good luck, because you're going to stand before God someday when the books are opened and you're judged by your works. And you won't have the Lord Jesus Christ to plead your case and say, no, 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 no. This one's mine. This, this one, their, their sins, it's paid for. The penalty has been paid. Man, you'll have to plead your own case, which it'll be something like this. Hey, did you do that? Yeah, I did that. Okay, guilty. You broke God's holy laws. Well, wait a minute. Don't my good works outweigh my bad works? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how this thing works. Oh, my goodness, we want Christ to plead our cause. You want the good Lord to be your good lawyer, and you can review last week and, and get that this morning. Oh, and then also last week, the goal of the enemy is to try to remove us from a, a living faith life where we're just trusting God as we go through, our, go through our days. All right, so today we are in Psalm 119, and, and, and I'm just going to read through these passage, this passage real quick. So get eyes on it with me in Psalm 119. 19 verse 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Look at what verse 165 says. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Verse 166, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I've kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. That's our passage for today. Let's just pray and ask God to help us and we'll get into it. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And I just pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding that we would hear from you. God, prepare our hearts. And speak to us through your word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Have you ever played the would you rather game? Okay. So, so we have kids, and, and, and so it'll kind of go like this sometimes. For us, it's usually a Marvel superhero type thing. Okay. So, so it, would, it would go something like this, like, would you rather have invisibility superpower or would you rather be able to fly okay now the way it turns out it always ends up being a competition so it's like so sean chooses invisibility and i'm gonna so it's like well i could just be invisible and then and then like yeah but i could just fly away and then it turns so so then it gets kind of complicated okay because it's like well would you rather have super speed or super strength well, I'd rather have super speed. Yeah, but you couldn't go that fast without super strength because the friction that would, and, and then, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it gets nerdy. It was like it wasn't already nerdy. Okay, but then it gets even more nerdy. It's like, well, speed, 
you know, going that fast would, would cause so much friction that it would rub all the skin off the bottom of your feet. And then without super strength, you'd run into something and you would just blow up and die. Okay, well, yeah, but then if you could fly, but you didn't have super strength, you'd have to just fly real slow. Or maybe it's like this. Would you rather be able to fly, but you can't go fast? Or be able to go fast, but not be able to fly? So, so it's the would you rather game. And, and, and usually by the time everyone's done with their physics and chemistry and, and nerding out, it comes down to something like this. Would you rather have it so that others lose their power over you? Or would you rather you know, be able to change someone else's mind? Because that's what it comes down to. Because then people are like, well, I'm just going to get super strength. Well, yeah, but I'll be able to change your mind. Then you'll have super strength, but you'll do whatever I want you to do. And so, so anyway. What if your superpower was that others lose the ability to negatively impact you? That would be a good superpower. But yeah, I'll just get the power to go back in time. That's always like the one. Okay, so anyway, I'll quit. But, but, but in the passage that we have today, we kind of have a decision. Like there's kind of a would you rather mindset in this. And, and I want to look at this verses 161 through 165. What we're going to see is, is if you have great spoil, you have great peace. And I'll explain what that means as we go through this. In verse 161, it says, princes have executed me without a cause. Now, this is true of David. It's true of Christ. And it's true of the New Testament believer. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Why? Well, well, we'll see here in a second. But that's what goes in the blank as the New Testament believer. And let's look at some of these verses here. First Samuel chapter 19, verses 4 and 5. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul. Because Saul's trying to kill David. Okay. And said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his words have been to thee word very good. Hey, David's on your side, Saul. Why are you trying to kill him? That's just wrong. For he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all of Israel. Thou sawest it, and thou did rejoice. Wherefore then, wherefore then, why, hey, why is it that thou art going to sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? There's this phrase, without a cause. And in this passage, it's, it's prophetic about Christ. So just like Saul, who was a, like, like the Antichrist, is going to try to kill David without a cause, so it is with Christ. Okay, look with me at John chapter 15. You got to turn there. John chapter 15. Verses 18 through 27. Jesus says, if the world hates you, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you, okay? Man, I'm persecuted without a cause. The world hates me. Yeah, you're in good company, okay? Yeah. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. 
Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they, if they have kept my saying, then they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not known sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. The world hates it when their sin is exposed. He that hateth me hateth my father also, Jesus says. And if I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now they have both seen and hated both me and the Father. Oh my goodness. That is, look at that. Jesus came to earth and he healed people and he brought people back from the dead. He's preparing to lay down his life to pay for other sin and his testimony is, they hate me. The world hates my Father and the world hates me. Listen, you want to be called out of this world? We want to be chosen. We want to be the called out assembly, a group of people who are Christ's, not God haters. But it cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, verse 25, they hated me without a cause. Okay, it's a prophetic situation where Christ, who knew no sin, is going to get crucified anyway. We will not have this man rule over us, crucify him. Man, that's what happened without a cause, just for being who he was. Okay, so same thing with, with us as New Testament believers. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against princes. Okay, there it is. Princes persecuted me without a cause. Here's the princes and their, and their paladies, the principalities, okay, that we wrestle with. Why? Am I picking a fight? Well, I'm just trying to live out what God says is true of me, and they hate it. Okay, so princes... Back in Psalm 119, princes have persecuted me without a cause. We can just expect that. Okay, but here's our would you rather moment. Okay, princes persecuted me without cause, but, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. It almost seems like those two things are weird to relate to each other. Princes persecuted me without a... Okay, my boss is so mean to me. My boss just hates me and has always given me the worst jobs, an overwhelming amount of work, bad reviews, and I, I don't deserve that. It's without a cause. My boss just doesn't like me because I'm a Christian, and my boss is not. I'm persecuted without a cause. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Wait a minute. How are these two things related? Well, well, good question. Okay, here's what we're going to see. Regarding awe, awe is found three times in the Bible. That's all that we find that word, three times. It describes for us two things that we are supposed to hold in awe. So awe is just like, oh, like, whoa, I'm in awe of that thing. Okay, so there's two things we're supposed to be in awe of. What are they? God and the Word of God. Ding, 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 ding. That's right. Okay. So, that's right. God and His Word. I thought I had a... Oh, I do have that. Okay, but... Okay, so so before that, let's look at Psalm 4. Let's look at some of these verses. Okay. 
but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. There it is. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Psalm 33, 8. Let, the, let all the earth fear the Lord, that all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. And then we have a passage today which says, I stand in awe of thy word. The two things that we're supposed to be in awe of is God and his word and, and maybe the fact that we can interact with him in, in that way. Okay, but then we have, okay, so God and his word. All right, so would you rather present yourself as a victim of injustice Okay, or would you rather be in awe of God's word? What if that was your would you rather choice? Would you rather present yourself as a bona fide victim? So everyone presents themselves as a victim all the time. But what if, what if you really were a victim and, 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 and your option is to really just focus on that? You're going to present yourself. You're going to tell everybody. All, or... You could be in awe of God's word. Now, before you answer, let's, let's go ahead and look at this, okay? In verses 162 through 165, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Now, so if you go to battle, what, what would happen is, so like we're going to have a war and we're all going to go to battle. Your commander says, hey, bring your wives, bring your kids, Bring your gold, bring your silver, bring your clothes, bring all that stuff and put it in your tent, right in our camp. And we're going to form our front lines right in front of that. Okay, if we lose the battle, if we lose this war, you lose all your stuff. It's going to make you fight harder. Hey, we're so confident we're going to win, we're going to bring our wealth with us. Whoa. Okay, you're gonna, all right, it's, 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 a, it's a step of faith. Okay, so listen, spoil, it doesn't mean the milk went bad in the fridge. What it means is we win the battle and we're gonna go take all the enemy's stuff. We're gonna take their gold and their silver and we're gonna, we're gonna take their clothes, all the stuff, their value, that's the spoils of war. Does that make sense? Okay, now, now let's go back to our passage. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Okay, well, those who find or win a great treasure are suddenly less concerned about being treated unfairly by their bosses or by others. Okay, so, so let's just say the situation is that your boss treats you unfairly because he doesn't like it that you're a Christian. So it's time for your quarterly performance review and you know how it's going to go and you are going to get persecuted without a cause you're just already half mad about it and on your way in to that performance review someone stops and taps you on the shoulder and says listen hey uh, I, I know you got something to get to but just real quick before you go um i've just been watching i i have a $5 billion fortune that I've amassed. I had some land and they found oil on it. And then they found uh, 
gold on it. Then they found, you know, these rare earth mineral. I, I'm old. I'm getting ready to die. And I just, here's my checkbook. Okay, just keep it under $5 billion. But I've already signed all the checks. Just, man, good luck. I need to give it to someone who I know is really a believer, and I've just seen that in your life. So, so here you go. Here's my checkbook. Okay, so that, that's what happened on your way to your performance review in which, listen, you're going to be persecuted without a cause. But on the way, you've received this great spoil, this great treasure, this great reward. $5 billion in resources, and you've got the checkbook, and the checks are already signed. Now, listen. <clears throat> okay. Where was I going again? Oh, when I get home from work that day, I'm not going to talk to Christine primarily about the performance review and how I was persecuted without a cause. I don't really care anymore what a jerk my boss is, do I? Why not? All those things are still true. They compared to what I've been given, suffering persecution without a cause just doesn't really matter anymore. I'm kind of in awe of the magnitude of the treasure that I've been given. I just don't have any space left in my mind. I don't have any space left in my heart. My soul is absolutely holy in awe of this thing that I've been given, and my boss has just lost his or her ability to negatively impact me. I just don't care because of what I have been given. Okay, so listen, this is what it's like for those who see God's word for what it really is. All right. Hey, princes have persecuted me because I am so in awe of God's word. Oh my goodness, how are these things related? Well, here's how they're related. Okay. We... Psalm, or Proverb 24, 13 through 14 says this. My son, eat honey because it's good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. You don't have to talk people into eating things that are delicious. You have to talk them into eating broccoli and kale and, and all that stuff. The healthy, okay, the word of God. Hey, listen, class, you should be in your, in your Bibles daily. Okay, is that kale to you, or is that sweet honeycomb to you? We fall into this trap like, I have to read my Bible. Okay, listen, when, look, the knowledge of wisdom, okay, just like you eat something delicious because it's delicious, that's how it is with the Word of God when you discover it for what it is. That's what this verse says. Eat the honeycomb because it's good. Okay, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. When this becomes great spoil to you, when this becomes great treasure to you, then there shall be a reward. And thy expectations shall not be cut off. 
All right, let's continue to explore this. Psalm 119. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. I hate lying. I hate it when people lie. I abhor it when I lie. Just everything about lying is bad. You know what else I hate about lying? I hate it when I'm persecuted without a cause. There is lying in there. They're persecuting me as if there's a reason to, but there's not. Your boss is just making up stuff on you. He's lying. She's lying because she doesn't like you and she's persecuting you. Man, I hate that. But, but thy law do I love. Okay, so, you know, to hate and abhor lying comes, it becomes more and more of a thing in our life as we see God's ways contrasted with the devil's way. So as you get saved and as the word of God becomes real to you and you start to see how we're supposed to live and how we're not supposed to live, you really start to hate the misleading promises of the world, the devil, and the flesh, which only lead to destruction. And you really start to love God's ways, which lead to blessing. That becomes more and more and more. And so, yeah, I hate that. But really what I'm going to focus on is, is I'm not going to focus on just hating everything all the time. I'm going to focus on loving God's law. Okay, so liars will be lying. They bring false accusations in this case. Or should be loving. Instead of focusing on the persecution, focus on what we have found. And if you haven't found it for what it is yet, well, praise the Lord. Today's your day to get started. What we see in the rest of this passage is awe, rejoicing, love, perfect praise seven times, and great peace. Look at this. Seven times a day, verse 164 says, Do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments? Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Time after time during my day, I'm praising God because of his righteous judgments. It just keeps coming up. I just keep seeing it. The more I learn God's word and the more I live it out, the more I just see it. I'm like, thank you, God. You didn't leave us to just wander around in the darkness like that. I remember that. Man, how miserable. I thank God that that we have his word and his ways, and that now God is the Lord of my life. And verse 165 happens, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Oh my goodness. So to be that word offend, we, we, we studied this out previously in Psalm 119. That word offend just doesn't mean like emotionally someone made me mad. Like I heard you making fun of me, and I'm so offended, I just can't. There, there is a component like that. But what it is, is it's something that trips me up. It's something that's a stumbling block in my way. I was walking in the faith. I was doing great till that thing happened, till Scott called me a name and I'm offended and now I'm tripped up and now I can't come to class anymore because I just can't stand that guy. What, whatever. It means to get tripped up by a stumbling block. And yes, there's usually some sort of emotional component to it. Like, I stepped on your shoes or I stepped on your nerves or something. Okay. Sorry about that, by the way. Didn't mean. To. Okay. Don't let it trip you up. Okay. But those people that love God's word will not be offended. They won't be tripped up by persecution. 
Are you guys following me so far? Here's what we need to see. Do not give persecutors power over your well-being. Do not give persecutors power over your well-being. David was persecuted without a cause, and Christ was persecuted without a cause, and you, if you live godly, listen, you will be persecuted without a cause. Great peace does not come because you win over your persecutors. Great peace comes because I don't even care about that anymore because I have found great treasure and those persecutors, they can persecute me if they want. I don't care. I've got a checkbook. I've got faith's checkbook. Okay, I've got God's word. I have a great treasure. It is, it is more valuable than rubies, than fine gold, than silver. Nothing that thou canst desire is to be compared with what we have in God's word. Those things, rubies and gold and silver, yeah, that would be nice. Sure. Getting a literal checkbook would be nice, but it isn't going to bring you peace. It's just going to mean all your relatives are going to come knocking on your door. If only you'd give me money, my life would be, yeah, I don't think so. Like, like now you all of a sudden you have to be a wise steward over billions of dollars, which maybe we can't be wise stewards over little. It's not going to bring joy. You're not going to sleep better at night. Yeah, the bills will get paid. Yeah, I would take it. Great spoil. It's awesome. It fills me with awe at the magnitude of what I've been given. But the most important thing, listen, here's my superpower. I know what I've been given in the word of God, and I am in awe of it. I love it. And I really don't care what my boss is doing. He's lost his power over me you guys see that there's your superpower you've been wondering what your superpower is there it is right there persecutors can no longer negatively impact you you've got great peace and nothing will offend you nothing will trip you up okay so instead of so, so how is it that i'm set free from persecutors being able to negatively impact me. How am I set free from that? Well, I love God's word. That's what this passage is teaching. And I love it though, experientially. So that's what we're going to see in verses 163. I'm sorry, the, the rest of this verse, it'll be 166 through 168. Lord, I have hope for thy salvation. Now remember that word hope in your King James Bible isn't an un certain expectation that comes from what you don't know. I really hope it doesn't rain. That's not really what this word means. This word is a certain, okay, it's an expectation based on what we do know. Okay, so when I hope in Christ, I'm not hoping like, like in something I don't know. I've put my faith and trust in what I do know. Does that make sense? It's, there's a confidence when the King James Bible talks about hope, our language has changed. It doesn't mean that in our common vernacular, but that, that's what it means in our Bibles. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. See, I, I, I don't, I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. If you trust in something, you're going to live according to it. My soul 
hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. It's not just that I understand and agree with an intellectual knowledge. My soul is involved. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I've kept all thy precepts and thy testimonies. Okay, the things that you said to do, I'm doing it. What you testify of, what you say is true, I believe that. For all my ways are before thee. So God who sees everything, God, I'm going to do things your way because you're watching. I want to make sure that my ways are your ways and we line up in that thing. Okay, so what we need to do is we need to learn God's ways. We need to live it out. And if we do, we will love it. So God's word stands alone in terms of its literary genius. And if you compare scripture with other books of human origin, what you're going to find is you're going to be filled with awe about the, the written word of God, its majesty, its poetry, its design, its style, its content. The more you learn it, the more you love it. And you can just be in awe of the literary aspects of God's word. But that's not what this passage is talking about. Okay, that's not why David loves God's word. And that's not why he's set free from the power of his persecutors. What he's talking about <clears throat> is trusting God by seeing God's word for what it is. So look, you take the checkbook that you've been given. Man, it's nice. It's like goatskin leather. You're like, wow, this is such a nice checkbook. I really like this. Boy, it's, it's, it's fancy and it's, it's like gold on the edge of the thing. And wow, what a nice checkbook. And look, Look at the penmanship, how he signed his name. I think that was a, that was a nice Parker pen. And, and I really liked the little image and the design on those checks. That's not what you're excited about when you get that checkbook, is it? Okay, so you get that checkbook. What do you need to do? Fill it out. You, okay, you need to go to the bank. Okay. So this passage that we're reading is about how to trust God by seeing it for what it is. We have to trust in it. We have to live according to it. Okay, God's word is to us instruction. It's a way of life that leads to great blessings. We love God's word because when we live it out, we receive great blessings. All the money in the world can't buy you one second of peace. Not true peace. It will just help you satisfy your restlessness for a while. The richest and most famous people on this planet always seem to end up in rehab because they got caught doing something and it's like, oh, I have to go to rehab. Like, it's just because I'm an addict. What's, well, they, they are. Just ask their second wife or third husband or their stepkids who are now won't talk to them. The plastic surgery didn't bring peace. Neither did their new marriage. Neither did their house in Malibu. Neither did what you can't find it. But listen, through the word of God, if we get it, if you get it, you get great peace. Okay, here's the question. Is this great treasure to you? Have you found it for what it is? Are you in awe of it? If I could give you great peace and it was just in a pill form, 
I'm a medical doctor. I could write a prescription. It'll make you feel good for a while, okay? But then you get addicted. You got to keep coming back, okay? And that's at the point where I say, you know, I think you're getting addicted. You're like, well, yeah, it's your fault. I'm like, I'm cutting you off. And then you get in trouble because you got to go knock off a liquor store. Or okay, so, so listen. Okay, but if I had a pill that brought peace, real peace, and I'm like, look, just take one pill daily as needed. And you take that thing to the pharmacy and you get it filled and you could take that pill and the restlessness that you carry with you and the questions that you have about how does God view you when he looks down at your life? Does he say, that's good, I'm so pleased. And all of that is taken care of and all the things that are wrong and all the drama in your life and all that stuff, just the, the power that those situations have over you just washes away and you just have perfect peace. You know what, you'd be in awe how you feel now versus how you felt before you took that pill. And you'd say, hey, I, I, I need what this pill offers. You know what? There's no pill, but there is the Bible. The Bible promises great peace shall they have that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. The enemy loses power over you when you see this for what it is. Okay, so what we need to do when we live out what the Bible says is true of us, that's taking the check to the bank. That's how we do that, is simply learning what it says and saying, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to do that. I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, listen, let's start learning the word of God. Let's learn what it says. Let's start believing what it says. Let's start living according to what it says. Remember this verse we looked at earlier? My son, eat thou honey because it's good. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward. When is there a reward? When you find it for what it is. It's not a dusty old book that just has your family's deaths and births and baptisms written in the front. It's not just a churchy thing like organs and church ladies. No offense, Christine. But it's, not, it's not like that. It's... it's when I put my faith, when I put my faith and trust in it, I am rewarded. Okay, listen, I can tell you what my life was like before I found out that the word of God was authoritative. I could tell you the story about the day when I realized God didn't leave us to just try, you know, try harder, do the best you can but he actually gave us what we need to know and it's a pathway of blessing and I was challenged to put my faith in it. This is the challenge I got. Put your faith in God's word and see if he isn't faithful to you. Oh my goodness, my life looks nothing like it did then. It's so blessed compared to what it was then. It's not easy. Like my life isn't necessarily easy, but it's blessed. It's so good. Okay. So, Great spoil, great peace. You get to choose what you love. I've said this before. We could all become fans of the Royals. And we could just become diehard Royals fans. And we could just get to the point where we would say, 
man, I love the Royals. I'm so excited. We're going into a series against Cleveland or whatever, you know, like, like we could all, we could talk about the pitching and the hitting and, and we'd get like the management, we'd get all about it. And our well-being would depend on whether or not the Royals won. And if the Royals would repeat again, if they could, if they could again win the World Series, we'd have the biggest party. We'd all be smiling. We're all happy. Why? Well, because we chose to love the Royals. We chose to make that one of the things that our life is all about. I'm not a big baseball fan or, you know, so I really, I hope the Royals win because I like, you know, Kansas City. But honestly, my well-being has nothing to do I only care if they're playing at home because sometimes I ride my bike on Raytown Road and if I've gotten stuck there. Like there's like a two miles worth of cars trying to get out. And I'm like, ah, so I got to go back and go up the hill. And that's okay. So that's all I care about the world. But we could, couldn't we get really vested in that to where our well-being is, is determined on their performance, right? NASCAR, we could all become NASCAR fans. Hockey. Scott and I were talking about doing a men's trip to go watch the Blues play. Anybody interested? Sure. We're not going to Canada, but yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll vote and see if the church ladies can come. Okay. No, yeah, if you want to come, we'll make that happen. Okay. You can, oh man. Okay, we'll have to pray about it. Okay. We could all become hockey fans, couldn't we? Because we get to choose what we love. And we could all become NASCAR fans because we get to choose what we love. We could become fans of Mark Twain or Jane Austen. We could become Marvel fans. We could become... We get to choose what we love, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's only two things that you should really be in awe of. According to God's word, there's two things. Be in awe of God and then be in awe of his word. Love God's word. Learn it. Live it. You're going to love it, not just because you're supposed to. You're going to love it because there shall be a reward and your expectations shall not be cut off. Do you know what that means? Okay, Has, is anyone tired of being lied to? And, 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 and the, the world doesn't actually promise you satisfaction. It doesn't come out and say, if you sign up and make payments you can't afford, because this, this new car is guaranteed to bring you satisfaction. But that's what all the marketing is geared for. And all, can't really even find anything on Netflix to watch in my spare time because it's all just evil. Like they draw you in with character development and some storyline and you get drawn in. And the next thing you know, there's a couple of dudes making out and the, it's like, oh man, I can't even watch this. I got to, to episode number four, and then here they go after they get you. Okay, drink this, take this, buy this, engage in this, and you'll be satisfied. And where do those paths lead? 
Oh, my expectation got cut off. This was not a pathway that led to blessing. Anyone tired of that yet? Okay, your expectation will, shall not be cut off. There shall be a reward. Oh, that's what I want. This is where you find it. This is what we need to choose to love. Okay, I'll quit. And then we'll get break up into our small groups. Okay, Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. God, uh, you've given a great spoil, a great treasure, if we'll find it for what it is. God, we know the devil worked really hard to keep the, the Bible out of the hands of common man. And here we are, just common men. And, and God, we want to see it for what it is. I just pray in our small group time, Lord, that, that no one would leave here not knowing if they're saved, that no one would leave here. God, I just we wouldn't be in awe of you. God, don't let us leave here and not be in awe of your word. And Lord, every day we choose what we love. And God, all of our ways are before you. Father, would you direct us into a good path, loving the right things, understanding this. God, open the eyes of our understanding. We need you. We love you. We thank you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I kind of want to, I don't know, please, you can do your small groups how you want. I think with the guys, I just want to do groups of two, okay? So I, I want to do really small groups, groups of two. So you guys spend all your time together. So I, I want you guys to break up and find someone who's not at the mission, who you don't know, and grab, grab someone that you can partner with. And we'll just do small groups of two and just work through, pray through, get to know each other, whatever God has shown us. And then Keith and Bill and I don't know if Buki and, and Paulette are on there, but you guys can be a, a small group too. Hi, Paulette.